I'm a local loan officer in West Palm Beach, Florida. I've been in the mortgage industry for the last eight years. I've worked in the industry throughout the country. I've closed over a thousand loans during my career, so I've seen it all. I'm on a mission to make mortgages both entertaining and educational. Welcome to Lending with Leah. This is the podcast for anyone thinking of potentially owning, in the process of buying, or even owns their own home. Magical mortgages, because here we make mortgages both entertaining and educational. Woo! <laughs> All right, everyone. So this week, we're going to continue with kind of this three-week mini-series, right, where I'm going through each of the major types of loans. Last week, we went over VA loans, and this week, we're going to really dive deep into FHA loans, and then you got to listen in next week we will go deep into conventional loans. But today, all about FHA. We're gonna break this into four different segments today, just like we did for VA loans. So this is going to be on the types of properties that work for FHA loans, credit income and assets. Obviously, we're not going over all the guidelines, but I am gonna touch on some key points for these items unique features about FHA loans, and then we are going to bust seven different myths with FHA loans. All FHA, all day. <laughs> all right, so let's get started. That first section, right? Types of properties that are gonna work for FHA loans. If you listened in on last week's episode with VA loans, this is actually going to be pretty similar when it comes to FHA. So in simple terms, simple terms, nothing is ever simple in mortgage world, but we're going to start with our baseline and then we're going to build onto that. In simple terms, the types of properties that are going to work for FHA loans are going to be your single family homes, town homes, multifamily homes, manufactured homes, and just like VA, some emphasis on the some condos let's talk on the condo thing here a little bit more now most condo complexes are going to be conventional financing only most of them there are some that are financed or approved for fha financing it's easy to search this if you actually just go to google and put in fha approved condo list probably the first thing that pops up is going to be the site you need to go to to search if a condo project is approved for FHA financing. Now, most condos will not be approved for FHA financing. Part of the reason for this is that the condo complex or the HOA itself actually has to go through the approval process to get approved for FHA financing. It's a lot of paperwork and there is some cost associated with it. Most HOAs, one, aren't gonna wanna do the work. <laughs> uh, if anyone out here has dealt with HOAs, it is literally like pulling teeth to try to get them to do work. <laughs> so why are they gonna fill out all this extra paperwork and why are they gonna spend money for it as well? That typically is why you're not going to see as many condo projects approved for FHA financing 
it's really in layman's terms the HOA just probably does not want to go through the process of getting that financing. But again, this isn't all. There are some out there that are approved for FHA. So if you're doing an FHA loan and you're looking for a condo, just look up that approved list ahead of time. That'll tell you right off the bat which complexes to really be searching in for that property you want. Also, very similar to VA loans, there's going to be stricter property requirements. What does this mean? Ultimately, this just kind of means that the home is held to higher standards as far as there's not things like peeling paint, rotting wood, uh, broken appliances, you know, things like that. Those would come up on an FHA appraisal as needed repairs that have to be complete before you can close on the loan. Conventional loans on the flip side don't always have these strict requirements. So these strict requirements are going to be a little bit more in place on FHA loans. And there's some pros and cons to this, right? Pro, you know you're getting a, uh, in my opinion, I would say a better quality home, right? Because there's no repairs that need to be made. Uh, you know, there might need updates on the home. Our home might be a little outdated, but as far as major repairs on the property, you're pretty much going to be taken care of with an FHA loan versus if you're doing like a conventional loan. Yes, you might have more properties to pick from because you can pick a more distressed property to finance. I guess that could be a pro or a con, depending on what you're looking for. If you're looking for a distressed property, FHA is probably a con. But if you're looking for a property that's up to standards a little bit more, then I would say it's a pro. I touched on this already, but appraisers, right? FHA appraisers, when they go out to the property, if they notice certain things at the property that don't meet FHA's property standards, they are going to come back on your appraisal report. There's two boxes they check, and this is this is cross the board for all types of loans, right? There's as is, and then there's subject to. If your appraisal comes back as is, that means that's the value, no repairs needed, you're good to go. If that appraisal report comes back and the subject to box is checked, the appraiser should give you a list of repairs that need to be made on the property in order for the property to be at FHA standards. Good. I think we got that. Last piece for types of properties that work for FHA, just like VA, primary home only. And what's the definition of a primary home? Primary home is going to be any home that you move into and occupy as your primary residence within 60 days of closing with the intent to live there for at least a year. That is kind of your basic term for primary home. All right. Now we get into a little bit more of my favorite part, which is going to be credit income and assets. Personally, I love FHA loans. You guys, I know FHA loans 
can sometimes get a little bit of a bad rep. And especially coming off of, right, the, the COVID markets 2020 to 2022, I, I think we all know sellers were not accepting FHA or VA loans. It was pretty much either conventional or cash. So I do think FHA loans have a little bit of a bad rep. And in this episode, I really want to bust that myth for you guys. FHA loans are amazing. And there's actually so many things you can do with them that you can't with conventional loans. And they really open up kind of a a world of possibility, either for people who may not have been able to get uh, conventional financing to purchase a home, or maybe someone who just has a little more of a unique situation. Okay, so let's kind of go through those and break some of them out. Most of our income requirements are going to be fairly similar, right? Fairly similar across the board as far as FHA, VA, conventional. You're typically going to hear that two-year history. You want a two-year history of income, two-year address history. Everything's two years, right? We basically want your life or two years. And that is going to be kind of the similar track that you see with all types of loans. But FHA has a couple really cool loopholes. I call them loopholes. They're not really loopholes, right? They're they're guidelines. They're in the guidelines. You just got to know they're there that allow for some more unique situations. One of my favorite, self-employed income. Self-employed income, I think is looked at a little scarier when you're getting a mortgage because it is so much more strict and there's so much more that goes into it. And almost always you have to have a full two-year history of being at that self-employed job or owning that business. However, a lot of people don't know, FHA has a nice little guideline in regards to self-employment that none of the other types of loans have. And what is it? So normally, again, they still want you to have the two years of self-employment unless if you have been self-employed between 12 to 24 months, right? So that's between one year and two years. And you were employed in a W-2 position in the same line of work for a full two years prior, you can actually get away with using less than two years of self-employed income. That's pretty amazing. I'll give you guys a example. So when I first moved here to Palm Beach County, I had the privilege and honor of getting to work with a business owner Now, when we first started talking, he had just started his business, not just started, but had it for about a year, maybe a year and a month or two. And he really, really wanted a home, but he'd been told by everyone, no, you need two years. No, two, two, two. And we were talking and I said, I think I can make this work. And I think he kind of laughed at me and he was like, oh yeah, you can make this work and no one else could. And I said, but there's a guideline in the FHA handbook 
that states this. Now, prior to him starting his business, he had worked for another business, same line of work, for, I don't know, must have been like five to 10 years in that range. So because of that, we were actually able to do an FHA loan for him with less than two years of self-employment. That's pretty awesome. And not a lot of people know that. So if you're self-employed, and again, you worked in the same line of work for two years or more before you became self-employed, you may not have to wait the two years. You might be able to do an FHA loan. Bonus overtime and tip income. Again, typically you wanna see two years, you're gonna do a two year average, but FHA does state that you can actually use as little as a 12 month history. So again, 12 to 24 months, potentially, right? There is some wording in there that says that you may be able to use less history if it's been received for at least a year and we can show that it's reasonably likely to continue. That's actually pretty easy to do, you guys, when your lender orders what's called a verification of employment. There is actually a nice little box on the side for your employer to check that says if your bonus or overtime income is likely to continue, yes or no. Really is that simple. So if we have 12 months at least, and your employer checks that, yes, this is likely to continue, almost always you're going to be able to use that income for qualifying without needing a full two-year history. Another little nifty income thing that FHA has that other types of loans don't and that I've actually been able to use to get someone approved to purchase a home that wasn't getting approved to purchase a home prior to. So let's say you're paid hourly but your hours vary. What does that mean? If your lender is telling you your hours vary, this simply just means that you are getting paid less than 40 hours per week. Basically just that you're not getting paid 40 or more hours per week every week. One week you might work 32 hours, another you might work 38, maybe you work 40 the next week, but they vary, right? They're kind of all over the place. Typically, you have to do a two-year average of this variable pay. Unless, FHA loans, if you can prove that you got a raise within the last 12 months, then rather than doing a two-year average, you can actually take the exact number of hours you worked over the last 12 months, times that by your new rate of pay. Oh, so if you guys are following with this and you can use this FHA guideline, you might actually be able to get more income, more income for qualifying than you could if you were doing a conventional loan or even a VA loan. You know, this is, again, a fun little guideline that FHA has built in. And this is why I want to reiterate, like, FHA aren't, they're not bad loans, you guys. I mean, they can do all these really cool things that a lot of the other types of loans can't. So just because someone's getting an FHA loan doesn't necessarily mean that they have bad credit or they don't have money saved. Maybe 
It's just that we can do kind of one of these specialty things here that we couldn't on another type of loan. Okay, so credit. Credit for FHA loans. If you're doing 3.5% down, which is the minimum down payment for FHA, you do need at least a 580 credit score. A lot of people think it stops there, but it actually does not. If you're putting 10% down or more, FHA will actually lower that minimum credit score requirement from 580 to 500. Whew. <laughs> That's amazing. So let's say you have a decent chunk of money, but not the best credit. You might still be able to get an FHA loan. Just food for thought. Now, a couple other things with FHA cannot have federal debt in default. Biggest one I see come up is student loans. If you have student loans currently in default, I'm going to give you a little tip. I might have said it for the VA episode. Can't remember if I didn't. It applies there as well. Last year, the government put something in place. It's called the Fresh Start Program. This allows you, if you if your student loans are eligible for it and you get signed up for the program, it will actually take your student loans at a default and make them current again. And it does it very quickly without you having to pay money on it. So little tip for everyone, if you have student loans in default, give the collection agency a call or Department of Education and ask them if you can get signed up on the Fresh Start program. You'll be happy you did it, whether you're buying a home or not. Community property states. Let's touch on this real fast. What's a community property state? Not all states are community property states. Let's set that from the get-go here. I'll use two examples. Arizona, community property state. Florida, not. In community property states, if you are doing a government loan, FHA, VA, USDA, and you are married, but your spouse is not going to be on the mortgage, they still have to pull your non-borrowing spouse's credit and you have to be able to hold all of their debts in the mortgage. In non-community property states, this is not the case. So like here in Florida, if I have a client who's married, but only wife is going on the loan, we don't need to see anything from the husband. However, if this same situation was going on in Arizona, which is a community property state, well, then we would still have to pull husband's credit and make sure all of his debts are included for the wife. So keep that in mind if you are in a community property state. Another couple little things with FHA loans. If you have accounts in dispute. Now, if you want more information on disputed accounts, I did an episode a while back on how to fix your credit. I talked a lot about disputed accounts in that episode. Refer back to that one. But if you have derogatory, what does that mean? This just means bad. Derogatory is bad, negative. Right, that's collection accounts, mispayments, charge-offs. We good. We got that. So if you have disputed derogatory accounts that equal $1,000 or more, 
you have to have those disputes removed or the balance needs to be below $1,000. Otherwise, your loan is automatically going to be manually downgraded. It's possible you can still get the loan. It's just a lot more stringent and a lot more difficult. Okay, unique features about FHA loans. Let's touch on some of these. FHA just lowered their mortgage insurance premium. While conventional loans are making it more expensive for the majority of conventional buyers to get a mortgage, FHA is actually making it cheaper. They lowered their monthly mortgage insurance premium not too long ago, making it more affordable for you to get an FHA loan. Speaking on mortgage insurance, FHA is going to have two types of mortgage insurance. There's a upfront mortgage insurance premium. This gets financed into your loan amount. You're not paying for it up front, but you are paying for it in your loan over the course of 30 years or less if you're doing a smaller loan term. And then there is monthly mortgage insurance. These insurance rates are set. It's a set percentage across the board. Same for everyone. Now, if you're doing anything less than 10% down, you will have your monthly mortgage insurance for the life of the loan, meaning it's not going to drop off, doesn't go away. But what a lot of people don't know is that if you're doing 10% down or more on an FHA loan, then your mortgage insurance isn't for the life. It will actually drop off after 11 years. Just food for that. One of the other big differences between FHA loans and conventional FHA is going to have lower loan limits compared to conventional loans. So if you hear the term conforming loan limit, that is not FHA, that's conventional. FHA, you're going to want to look up the county that you're looking to purchase in. You know, so like here in Florida, all of our different counties are going to have slightly different FHA max loan limits. So just double check your county to see what that loan limit is. They're very, very reasonable. But again, before you start your home search, that's a, a, just a big thing to kind of keep in mind. FHA also has a no flip rule. Whoa, what's that? What's a flip? I think most of us probably know what a flip is. But if you don't, a flip is basically when a investor comes in, purchases a home, rehabs it, and then sells it in a very quick turn time for a higher amount than they purchased for in order to get a profit. FHA does not allow flip homes. The rule here, if from the time the seller bought the home till the time the purchase contract is executed, not the close date of your loan, the purchase contract execution date, if that is between zero and 90 days, cannot do an FHA loan. Can't do it. If you are between 91 and 180 days, possibly can do it. If the seller is trying to sell the home for 100% or more than they purchased it for, meaning if they purchased it for 100,000, they're trying to sell it for 200,000 or more. 
then you might be able to do it, but you need two appraisals and then you have to use the lowest of the two for the appraised value on the home. Still possible, just a little bit more work that kind of goes into that. FHA, one of the other things I really like about this, if we're trying to, or if I'm trying to approve a client for a higher amount, because they need or want a higher amount to search for homes in, in a specific area, not always, but a lot of FHA loans will actually run up to a 56.9% debt to income ratio versus conventional loans, you're capped at 50. It's just, it's not going above that. But FHA, and again, in some cases, will run up to 56.9. That extra nearly 7% of wiggle room in your debt to income ratio can actually help qualify someone for a much higher purchase price than they could if they're conventional. One other really cool thing with FHA loans that I'll leave you on is that let's say you want to buy a duplex. Now you do have to live in one of the units as your primary home, but you can rent out the other and your minimum down payment still stays at three and a half percent down. Versus if you're doing a conventional loan and you're buying a duplex, even if you're going to be living in one of the units as your primary home, automatically 15% down. Like how amazing that you could make your home purchase, you could, you could make an investment purchase, right? And your primary home, get a duplex and only put three and a half percent down. That's amazing. Amazing. Conventional loans don't let you do that. Just saying. All right. And then to segue and end our episode today, I'm going to give you guys seven myths for FHA loans. We've probably already busted most, if not all of these, going through all of the other information, but let's touch on them and we'll go from there. Myth one, FHA loans are for first-time homebuyers only. I hear this probably more than I hear anything else in regards to FHA loans. I was talking to someone yesterday and she goes, well, I purchased a, a, a home a few years ago, so I know I can't do FHA. And I'm like, why? Of course you can. As long as you don't have, you just can't have two existing FHA loans at the same time. You can absolutely do an FHA loan, even if you're not a first time home buyer. Myth two. FHA loans are for people with bad credit. I definitely think we have busted this myth <laughs> throughout this whole episode. Yes, does FHA have lower credit score requirements than conventional loans? Yes. However, look at all of the other unique things you get to do with FHA loans that you don't get to do with other types. Sometimes someone's situation it just might be more beneficial for them to have an FHA loan. Maybe they qualify for more. Maybe the interest rate's better. Maybe they have less than two years of self-employment. Whatever it may be, it is not just for people with bad credit. I like to think of FHA loans as unique solutions for people or just another option that might give them better terms than a conventional loan. Myth three 
mortgage insurance is always for the life of the loan. Not always. I touched on this, right? Yes, if you're doing anything less than 10% down, your mortgage insurance is going to be for the life of the loan. However, if you're doing 10% down or more, it's going to drop off after 11 years. So myth. (laughs) Myth four, FHA loans take too long because they're government backed. I've heard this quite a bit in the market and I even heard it when I was a first time home buyer. When I bought my first house, I used an FHA loan. And I remember my real estate agent, she was like, oh, we're going to need like 60 to 90 days to close and this and that. And I'm like, no, we don't. Like, I've never taken this long to close an FHA loan. I'm like, 30, 30 is fine. In some cases, we can do even less than that. I do 21 to 30 day closes all the time. And sometimes we can even do less than 21 days. Just depends on your situation. But there's there's nothing that makes an FHA loan more time consuming than another type of loan, unless the lender doesn't know what they're doing. <laughs> I mean, there's really no other way to put it. FHA loans, let me backtrack. Anyone can originate and underwrite a conventional loan. Anyone can. They're what I like to call the vanilla loan of the loan world. FHA loans, you got to know what you're doing. You got to know the guidelines. You need an originator loan officer who knows the guidelines, and you need an underwriter who knows the guidelines. As long as you got those two things, it don't take any longer to do an FHA loan than it does a conventional. Myth five FHA loans have higher interest rates than conventional loans. Sure, in some cases, depending on your specific credit profile, it you might have a higher F, uh, the, might have a higher interest rate on an FHA loan versus conventional. But honestly, recently, I've been seeing FHA loans with better rates than conventional. Why is this? I will talk about this. I've touched on it quite a bit in a lot of episodes, but I'm really going to deep dive into it next week for you guys. FHFA, which is kind of the overseer of conventional loans, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, have come out with new loan level price adjustments. What is that? That's the fancy words for the cost to you as the buyer to to do the loan, the cost for the interest rate. FHFA has made it more expensive for the majority, not all, but the majority of conventional loan buyers to get a conventional loan. Whereas none of that's in place for FHA. In fact, FHA lowered their mortgage insurance premium. So not only is FHA not getting hit with these same, in my opinion, awful adjustments that conventional loans are, their mortgage insurance rates actually got cheaper. Myth six, there are income limits. Meh, wrong. Only income limits if you're doing like a down payment assistance loan. Those might have income limits, but FHA just in general does not have income limits. Now, FHA 
loans, FHA loans, they do have loan limits. Remember I touched on that. FHA loans do have lower loan limits than conventional. Just look up your county ahead of time. And finally, myth seven, I can't get an FHA loan if I have student loans. Again, wrong. In fact, not too long ago, FHA actually made their guidelines on student loans much easier. Used to be you had to count 1% of the balance as a payment for student loans. Now, for FHA, it's only half a percent of the balance. Not too bad. Now, again, what I touched on earlier, too, you can't have student loans in default. But again, if you go back and listen to the episode, I told you what to do there. Call the Department of Education, get signed up for the Fresh Start program, get those loans at a default. All right, everyone. Again, that's not everything with FHA loans, but it really should give you a very nice understanding of what goes into FHA loans. We busted some myths. We talked through some of the unique features, hit on some of those kind of specialty guidelines that the other loans don't have. They are a great product. Next week, we're going to be going into conventional loans, so make sure you listen in. But I want to hear from you guys too. I know I've said this in a couple episodes, but I really do. I want to know what topics you find interesting. What do you want to learn more about? What do you like? What do you don't? So email me. It's lendingwithleah at gmail.com. Any suggestions you have for the show, I want to hear it. And as always, you can follow me on all the social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, at Lending with Leah. Hope you guys have a great week and I'll see you again next week.